if you cannot control your emotions, you cannot control your decisions. And if you can't control your decisions, you're a liability to yourself and others. Yo, what up, what up? It's your man, Brandon Carter, and you are listening to the Victory Talk Podcast. This is the podcast where we show you how to build your money, muscle, and mindset. I give you the lessons that I learned over my career building several multi-seven-figure businesses, and every once in a while, I bring in my successful multi-millionaire friends to teach you their lessons as well. No matter what podcast platform you're tuning into, make sure you follow us there because we are dropping new content every day that's going to help you succeed. Now, let's get into today's episode. If you've been watching me for any amount of time, you know that I'm a baller. Some mics even say a shot caller. I'm consistently stunting on the haters and flexing on the hoes. I've built several multi, now eight-figure businesses. I've been doing this for a long time. And when it comes to building your business, I have three secrets that I want to share with you that have really helped me make a lot of money, helped me make millions. And I'd like to share those with you so you can have a higher likelihood of success if you're in business or if you're looking to go into business. If you ignore these three things, you will fail. Make no mistake, 80% of businesses fail and you're gonna be one of them. If you ignore these three rules that I'm about to break down for you. Number one, when it comes to marketing or selling your product or service, you need to understand that the decisions people make are based off the emotions they feel at the time they make the decision. For example, one of my friends that I grew up with, good friends, he's doing life in prison, right? Because he killed two people. But he was in a different kind of emotional state, right? He was mad and angry when he did that. He wouldn't have killed those people if he was in a good mood. And that's how customers behave as well. For example, we've all bought things that maybe we didn't want to buy or maybe we regretted buying, but we were so excited at the time of purchase. But if you would have gave yourself some time to calm down, maybe you wouldn't have bought it. Or maybe we should have bought something and we were scared to buy it. So that emotion prevented us from making the purchase and we later regretted it. Our emotions play a huge role in our decision making. See, most people think that they're rational, logical decision makers, but that's not the truth. The truth is all people make emotional decisions and they use logic to rationalize it. That might have been how a lot of you guys were born, right? Your dad saw your mom and he didn't really want to do it. He was lonely and or horny. And he said, ah, I got some time to kill. Nine months later, you came. Now look at you. You're watching YouTube videos about how to build your business. There's different regions of the brain. There's the neocortex, right? This is where rational thinking takes place. Then there's the limbic brain. This is where emotions and feelings are produced. And then you have what's called the reptilian brain. This is basically just biological functions. So you don't have to think about breathing automatic shit. You, it gets hot, your body sweats, shit you don't really have to think about. It happens on autopilot. Now, a lot of mistakes I see entrepreneurs make is they try to get people to buy by appealing to their neocortex. Let me explain what I mean. They'll talk about the features of the product, like everything that the product can do for you. And maybe they'll talk about how they'll save money by it. They'll basically try to use logic in order to sell their products. But what you want to do, you want to appeal to this part of the brain because this part of the brain is actually where the decisions are going to come from. Instead of talking about the features of your product or service, you want to only talk about the benefits. This is going to cause your customers to feel what? 
emotion. And you can do this with with any product or service, right? So for example, when I do this thing with the screen, a feature of my iPad is that I have this pen that I can draw. The benefit is I can get my points across to you a little better. For example, when I was in the supplement industry, I used to see a lot of different supplement lines brag about the amount of ingredients in each product. But instead of doing that, I just talked about what those ingredients would do for you. For example, in pre-workout, one supplement is called citrulline. And I'd see other brands saying, we have eight grams of citrulline per serving, right? But the prospect doesn't really give a fuck about that, right? What they give a fuck about is what that citrulline will do for them. So instead of saying, oh, we have eight grams of citrulline, if I did say that, I made sure I was saying, and that's going to help you get a shirt busting explosive pump each workout. You know what I'm saying? Which one sounds more appealing? If I just use logic, hey, we have more citrulline than any other pre-workout or this pre-workout will help you get the biggest pump out of anyone in the gym ever. Which one do you want? Right now, a lot of you got a lot of you guys may be saying if you're like stupid, you're saying I don't make decisions off emotions. I make decisions off of logic. It's okay. That's your ignorance speaking. You want to believe that. I used to want to believe that. But the more you look at life, the more you understand that your emotions control your decision making almost 100%. And that's why I always talk about in my videos, learning how to control your emotions, because if you cannot control your emotions, you cannot control your decisions. And if you can't control your decisions, you're a liability to yourself and others. Hope you guys are getting this shit. Hope you guys are understanding what I'm saying. So the key is, when you're marketing your products or service, you don't want to focus on the features. You want to focus on the benefits, right? So don't talk about how good your product is. Talk about the things that your product can do for the customer. I hired Nima to edit these videos and film this podcast because he makes good videos that I can put out and I don't have to do anything. I can trust that my videos are gonna come out looking good and I won't have to think about them after I'm done yelling at the camera. So that takes a lot of stress off of me. But I didn't fucking ask him what degree he has or how long he's been doing it. I just said, man, can he give me this feeling of relaxation and take away any stress I had around making videos? And he gets paid top dollar for that. That's one, remember. The decisions people make are based off the emotions they feel at the time they make the decision. And the important part of that is emotions can change. If you've ever dated a woman, you know that they can change at the drop of a hat. They can change on a fucking dime. So if you are in sales at all, it's super imperative that you should get the sale when you're on the call with the person. If you can, you, you can't force them to do it. And you don't want to pressure them into do it. You want to help them feel the emotion that will allow them to make the purchase. Because one emotion that may be stopping them from making the purchase is fear. And that fear can be rational. That fear can be irrational. It's important if you are a salesperson, even if they say, hey, I'll do it later. A lot of times they mean it when they said it. However, later on that day, probably after he talked to some girl, he didn't want to do it anymore, right? Because his emotions changed. When he was all excited and ready to go, he would have did it. But then later his emotions changed, right? Maybe fear crept in and then he doesn't want to do it anymore. So you always got to remember that your job as a marketer or a salesperson is not necessarily manipulating emotions or is it? Maybe it is. Maybe it is, bro. But fuck it. <laughs> That's how the economy works, man. Maybe I just got to tell you the truth. But if you look at the definition of the word manipulate, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Manipulate to handle or control or influence a person or situation 
hey, that doesn't necessarily mean negativity. It's just influence, right? Last time I was at the strip club with my girlfriends, the stripper started shaking that ass on her. She was manipulating my girlfriend to give her dollars. It's not a bad thing. Everybody left happy. Everyone left happy. Number two, you can't be everything to everyone. You have to pick a target market and only focus on them. Let me show you why. A lot of times when people start a business, I ask, who are you marketing this to? Who's your product for it? Sometimes they'll say some dumb shit like everybody. And yeah, but can you market to everyone? Let me explain. Armpits are pretty much the same between genders. However, if you look at this deodorant, Old Spice Kraken, who is this marketed towards? Probably guys. Who's this one marketed towards? Women. Armpits are the fucking same. It's difficult to market the same way to different segments of the population. And you don't even have to. Let's think about tampons. They don't give a fuck what I think. Judging from my YouTube analytics, you're probably a young man watching this. They don't care what you think. They only care about what women think. They've already eliminated half the population. But is it all women? No, it's not baby girls, teenagers. It's adult women. Is it all adult women? No, it's not old chicks. It's not like just going through menopause. They keep cutting down the segment of the population they market to. And they only market to them. They don't care what anyone else thinks. And they make billions. It's just super important that you find your target market and only market to them. So how I use that in my business, when I first started my online fitness business, I only marketed to young men, Pauls, men around the age 18 to 25, that was my target demographic. The marketing was a lot different when I was marketing only to men than if I would have marketed only to women. And if I would have tried to market to both, the marketing would have been weak. For example, if you want to do a deodorant to both genders, what color are you going to use? What fonts are you going to use? Look at the font. This is clearly for men. This one with a fucking bear taking a bite out of it. I don't think no woman would buy that. But me, I'm intrigued. Yo, this is clearly for women. Even the cut, look at the colors, look at the font. The shit is baby blue, right? Secret. Women like mysteries. They like mysterious guys, serial killers and shit. I was in college and my homeboy's girlfriend, Brooke, she was trying to give me like dating advice because I was single at the time. She said, Brandon, girls like guys who are mysterious. And I was like, what the fuck? Do I need to start walking around this motherfucker with a cape standing on the rooftop overlooking the campus? Yeah, secret. They know that. See, these motherfuckers knew that shit. The girls like mystery. And you can see this even in the fitness industry. There's a supplement line called Women's Best and they sell protein. Well, what's the difference between women protein and men protein? Nothing. It's just this shit is pink and got a little heart on it. So women will see that and say, oh, this is for me. But it's the fucking same. It's literally the same. But this company made a lot of money by segmenting that market and speaking to them. So how do you do that for your business? When I talk to the people who I coach in business, I say, first, you need to figure out who your niche is. When I say niche, we're thinking who you want to market to? What problem do you want to help them solve? And how are you going to help them solve that problem? When I had my online fitness business, I focused on men age 18 to 25. But it wasn't all men age 18 to 25, it was men who wanted to what? Get ripped. And I use their language. That's important. As a trainer, I would hate when people say that because I just, I knew they wanted to be muscular with low body fat, but I'm using their language, get ripped because they weren't trainers. So I didn't want to use fucking jargon. And if I said muscular with low body fat, I might've only appealed to trainers, right? I use get ripped specifically. So it would be for people who didn't know shit about training. If I start speaking trainer language, then only trainers would know what the fuck I'm talking about. Guys who wanted to get ripped. And how did I help them do that? It was a few different ways throughout the years. I changed it, but I landed on it. The most profitable was when I went keto, the ketogenic diet, 
in bodybuilding. Now, let me show you why this is so powerful. Let me show you why this is so fucking powerful. Because people, they say this all the time. This is what I tell my students who I teach how to build their online fitness business. They say it's so crowded. There's so many people. There's so much competition. Yeah, if you're just a trainer. But when you do what I'm about to show you, you'll be able to specialize. So think about how many trainers there are online. How many trainers do you think there are online? All trainers. There's fucking millions. So I said, fuck that. I don't want to compete with all these trainers. Remember, I'm only going to focus on men. Half the competition is gone. But then... I'm only going not even all men, just men age 18 to 25. But then it's only men who wanted to get ripped. So that means I wasn't focused on guys who wanted to be professional athletes, even though I have trained professional athletes. I've trained guys in the NFL. I knew how to train women. I trained old people. I trained young people. I trained old ladies, but I couldn't market to all those people. I knew that. So only men who wanted to get ripped. No professional athletes. I didn't care if you wanted to be a pro bodybuilder. I didn't care if you wanted to be a power lifter. I didn't even give a fuck if you wanted to be healthy. It was just guys who wanted to get ripped with ketogenic diet and bodybuilding. <laughs> Super small segment. So now here's the thing. Who's my competition now? How many trainers, even today, only focus on helping age 18 to 25 who want to get ripped with the ketogenic diet and bodybuilding workouts. I dare you to name five. You can't because I made myself special. And now when this person finds me, it's like I'm only talking to him and he's excited because everyone else is just saying, I hope you build muscle and lose fat. But I'm saying, I'm gonna help you get ripped with keto and bodybuilding. So like I'm speaking directly to them. Even though I can help anyone, I'm speaking directly to them. Just like this fucking protein will work for any human, man, woman, fucking animals, you hear this shit, the fucking reptiles, like it doesn't matter. If protein is protein, fucking all mammals, reptiles, it don't matter. But they only marketing towards women. And that's why they made so much money because it was the only supplement line at the time speaking directly to one target market. But it goes a little deeper than that, too, because remember what I said in number one, you got to appeal to their emotions and you can't talk about the features. You got to talk about the benefits and to talk about the benefits it's the benefits that this guy is going to care about. Your target market is going to care about. Not all the benefits, only the benefits that your target market is going to care about. What do they care about? Let's look. For this example, for what I use when I built my seven-figure fitness business, why does this guy want to get ripped? Why on earth would a man age 18 to 25 want to get ripped? Did anybody think of it? That's right. Girls, man. He wants the girls. You know what I'm saying? That's the only reason. He don't care about healthy. He don't care if he live or die. All he cares about is getting these girls. A guy this age. So my marketing was centered around that. And let me show you what that looks like. So if we go back long, long time ago, like fucking eight, nine years ago, some of my most popular videos, right? Fucking page one is it's a fucking booty on the screen. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking ass. More, more girls. Ever. I'm getting guys to click on it. And even in the videos, we always make sure there was a girl working out, even though I knew there was no fucking girls watching this shit. Like I knew for a fact that there was no girls watching these videos. You know what I'm saying? But we made sure that there was women in the videos for the guys. For example, girls over here. Back in the day, working out, this chick over here doing her thing. But we made sure there was girls in the video, but that was just for marketing. I knew there was no girls watching. Boom. Now here's the thing. If you switch these things up, the why changes. This is why you can't market everything to everyone. Because if you switch this shit up, the why changes. Let's say we just switch one thing. Let's say we switch just the age. Let's say we take it 30 to 40. Ah, this guy actually might 
want to live longer, right? Guys in their 30s and 40s, they might start thinking about longevity. They might start thinking about being alive for their kids or setting the example for their children. They might start thinking about their family. Every time you start changing the demographic, the why changes. And this is why you can't market everything to everyone. A great example of this in business is a huge mistake that General Motors made. General Motors, they make Cadillacs. Cadillac is a luxury brand, luxury car, and they never quite recovered from this. They were always known as one of the best American-made luxury cars. And then in the 90s, they came out with a version of the Cadillac called the Katerra. And it was a cheap version of the Cadillac. It was like $20,000 or some shit. Here's what happened. All the Cadillac sales plummeted after that. Even the poor people didn't want the fucking cheap Cadillac. And then the fucking people who could afford Cadillacs didn't want Cadillacs no more because they were making cheap shit. I'm not buying the same shit the fucking broke boys can buy. If a fucking broke boy can get the Cadillac, I don't want it. And their market share plummeted. And they had to discontinue the Katerra. And they didn't start to recover until they came out with the Escalade. And that kind of saved the company. But it was a huge mistake. And this is why you see other car companies like Toyota, when they want to put out a luxury car, they change the whole fucking name of the company, right? It's called Lexus. Lexus is our expensive Toyotas. But if they just made it Toyotas expensive without changing the whole name and branding, nobody's going to buy a fucking expensive Toyota. And no one wants a cheap Lexus. They had to change the actual whole brand. Mercedes did the same thing when they came out with the Maybach. Nobody wants a fucking $3,000 Mercedes, but they'll take a Maybach. This is actually the same company, right? But they just... It's like a whole different division. They marketed it different. That's how you have to do it. Someone who's buying a $300,000 car, his why is different than someone who is buying a fucking $50,000, $60,000 car. They're just different goal. The third one, there's one thing that people will always pay the most money for. I'm going to tell you what that is in a minute, but first I have to explain something. There's basically four categories of products. Almost every product or service will fit into one of these categories. It kind of starts off with stuff that people need. Then there's stuff that people just want. You also have super expensive stuff and then you have inexpensive stuff. This is the X, Y axis. Now, if something inexpensive and people just want it, that can be classified as a trinket. These are fidget spinners, fucking keychains. Then you might have something that people need, but it's relatively inexpensive. That is a commodity. Then you have stuff that people need that's actually expensive. This is a necessity. Then you have this category, things that people don't need. They just want them and they're super expensive. These are luxuries. So why the hell would somebody pay for something that they don't need, but it's cheap? What makes somebody buy that? These are bought off impulse. When you see people say, man, I made all this money drop shipping, right? They're selling trinkets, Chinese bullshit to old people on the internet. And some old lady says, oh yeah, I need the fucking hair dryer. And then she buys it just off impulse. That's what you're hoping happens with your ads until your ad account is banned <laughs> because the shit took fucking seven weeks to fly from China to Missouri. Why do people buy these? They do need them and they're inexpensive people are going to buy this off of price for the most part, right? These are generalizations. Everyone needs toothpaste. These are commodities, toilet paper, condoms, shit like that. I don't know the difference between Crest and Colgate. I just fucking buy whichever one. Hey, this is two for one. That looks like a good deal. I just buy it. I don't even know 
if it's crest or colgate it might be both in there i don't know who gives a fuck <laughs> you know what i'm saying like these are commodities that usually bought off price then there's things that are expensive and you need them these are things like homes depending on where you live in america you may need a car if you have a health problem doctors say your back's all fucked up you need a backyotomy you're just gonna get a backyotomy so these are based off needs ah but then why the hell would somebody pay for something expensive they don't even need they just want it things like richard millet watches you know what i'm saying instead of just getting a regular apartment i got a penthouse why would someone do that you guessed it status if you can appeal to someone's status they will always pay more and it's the easier sale let me give you an example i always had an android phone just because i thought that they were superior especially samsung i feel like the photos were just way better than the iphones and I had an iPhone too, just for work, but my main phone was a Samsung Note. I really liked the phone. I had the little fucking stylus that they won't put on the iPhone, but they'll put it on the iPad. This shit will work fine on the iPhone, but they didn't want to give it to you. Cool. So I had that on my Note. I had more storage. It was an amazing device. I really liked it. I remember when I first met my girlfriend back when we were just friends. You know where this is going. The first text. She saw that green text. She said, ugh, nigga, you got an Android? I think that's how we ended up being just friends. Oh, you know what happened? It was during the C-19, New York City was closed, but I still needed to see my son. So I bought an electronic scooter. I drove that shit from Manhattan to Queens. <laughs> I'm on the Queensboro Bridge in a fucking electric scooter standing. And I had my Android phone on the top of the thing, like a, doing the GPS. Then I hit one of them fucking potholes and went boom. And that shit flew off. <laughs> That shit still might be on Queens Boulevard or something. And it was just gone. And that's when I switched to iPhone. Now, you know what I'm saying? We live together. Status will make you make different decisions, man. My fucking Apple Watch is way more functional than this Richard Millet. This shit don't know my heart rate now. This shit don't do nothing but tell time. But it does one thing that the Apple Watch doesn't. It flexes on the haters. <laughs> so I paid $200,000 for it instead of $200 because of status. That's why everyone does everything. And if you're thinking right now, I'm not moved by status. The fact that you even have to say it, if you said it out loud, that is status. These guys will say, man, I just live real basic. And they brag about it. Usually these guys, minimalism, that's status too. They're playing that status game or fucking vegans. You ever met a vegan? One thing you know about vegans is they're super excited to tell you about it. Why? Because it's a status game. No one gives a fuck if you eat animals or plants. No one cares if you live or die, bitch. We don't even know you, right? But they want to tell everyone that they're a vegan. They want to wave that flag because that's a status game. If your fucking basketball team wins, you're like, we won. Like, no, motherfucker, they don't even know you. We lost. No, motherfucker, they lost. They don't know you. And they wouldn't like you if they did know you. You the type of motherfucker to cry over a game. It's all a status game. Status really influences behavior. So even if you have a commodity, you can attach status to it. So with trinkets, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll have like limited quantities of it, right? They won't make as many. Then they can actually charge more because now it's status. Oh, how'd you get one of those, right? It's the scarcity create status and now they can charge more for it this is basic supply and demand then with a commodity instead of competing on price you have to find a way to attach status to it one way i saw this done was the first time i bought an electric toothbrush something started happening in the late 2000s 
where I don't know if dentists were getting bottle girls or something to work during the day, but there was like a lot of hot Spanish chicks working at fucking dentist office. So I had one of these chicks cleaning my teeth and then they brought another one in and they started selling me on this fucking $200 toothbrush. Decisions you make are based off the emotions you feel, time you make the decision, right? She's cleaning my teeth with a goddamn Dominican titty on the side of my head. <laughs> this is a true story. And they brought out that $200 toothbrush. Yeah, let me get two. And I bought a $200 toothbrush. Now, it was a fantastic toothbrush, but it was the status of it, you know what I'm saying, at the time. And then with necessity, right some like needs yeah I, I need to tell time but i don't need a two hundred thousand dollar watch i need to a place to live but i don't need to live in a penthouse overlooking the atlantic ocean you know what i'm saying i don't need to see dolphins every day when i walk outside dolphins and manatees and other wildlife every morning but you know this is luxurious the status attached to it car companies do that like toyota wanted to attach status to their car so they made another brand called lexus charge more for it man <laughs> you know what I'm saying? it's super important you know what i'm saying so anytime you can attach status to your product or service, you'll be able to charge more and make more money. The way that worked for me in my business was at one point we did have a supplement line. They were really good supplements, but you can get good supplements. It's hard to find bad ones except for C4. That's a bad one. right? But like for the most part, if you know what you're looking for, you can find good supplements. And you can find ones that were cheaper than ours, that are the same quality. But I attached status to it. So let me explain what I, how I use all three of these with my supplement company. I had a supplement line called Bro Laboratories. First of all, who's the, who you think the target market is? The pre-workout was called Rebellion. The fucking amino acids were called fucking Revolt. The coffee was called Fighter Fuel. Who, who you think I was marketing to, guys or girls? Look at the packaging, look at the font. It was all guys. We only had one flavor of pre-workout. And that was intentional because it was cheaper. <laughs> if I just had one flavor and just said it was the best, you know what I'm saying? No, this is the best one. Flavor was called Pop and Chair. Remember, young guys, what do they want? Pop and Cherry, subliminal. It was not cherry flavor. <laughs> when we went to the manufacturers, the one that tasted the best to me was a kiwi strawberry. But I couldn't think of a funny title for it, so I called it Pop and Cherry anyway. Even though it was kiwi strawberry flavor. I needed to call it Bob and Cherry because that was funny to me. By contrast, Woman's Best had a pre-workout. It wasn't called Pop and Cherry or Bussin' Nuts or no shit like that, right? Because they had a different why. It wasn't ball-licking banana. Nah, it was just fucking regular flavors because they had a different why. Even if you look at the packaging, it's different. Every, everything is different. Rebellion pre-workout. So I was going straight to that person. But then it was attached to me as the influencer. I was fucking famous and shit. There was status attached to it because I was an internet celebrity. It's the same reason Nike pays LeBron James so much money, right? Like those shoes aren't that much better than some other shoes, but they can charge more for it because it's attached to a person. And you get status by having the shoes that are attached to the person, just like you got status from having the bro lab shit. It was like a little mini cult. And then if you had the shit, this shit wasn't in stores. It was in a few stores in New York, but it wasn't like nationwide in stores. And so if you had it, it was like, oh, you got some shit that other people didn't have. So it created like scarcity and a little bit of mystique. This is an ad. Kick everyone's ass. That's like a, an ad that we put out. Fucking crazy people. Like we didn't say shit about what's in it. Me being all sci scientific. No, just kick everyone's ass. You know what I'm saying? Like fighter fuel. This was this shit was funny. Hold on. This was a really good coffee. Actually, it was it was really good. But uh, look, look what I thought. I didn't say nothing that was in it. I just talked about what it do for you, right? Improve physical endurance, right? Helps 
mental clarity and efficiency, smooth, no crash energy, optimal performance. All I talked about was benefits. Like I said before, you don't know what's in this shit, but you want it. Now, there was some shit in there. We're like, what we did was we added ginseng to it and I used the lightest roast available. Actually, it took me a long time to come out. This was a good product. We used the lightest roast available because the lighter the roast, the more caffeine the coffee has. People think dark roast is, no, it's the opposite. And instead of using Arabica beans, which is like what you'll get from most coffee shops or most stores of Arabica beans, we use what's called Robusto beans. And they don't taste as good. That's why you never see them anywhere. But if you go to truck stops, that's what they're drinking. They want the strongest shit so these motherfuckers don't fall asleep on I-95 and have a fucking 18-car pileup. They need to stay up all night. They drink Robusto coffee because it has more caffeine. So we did that. And it had more caffeine. And then we added ginseng to it. I could have said all that, but those were fucking features. All people care about was the benefits. We could not keep the shit in stock. And I sold the shit for twice as much as a regular bag of coffee. Because of the things I'm telling you now. The only reason I shut the supplement company down because I started another business that was just honestly way more profitable. And that kind of leads me to the bonus tip I'm going to give you. You still got to have a good product. You can do all this shit, but you can't sell bullshit. Because if you get good at the marketing, but your product is bad, then it just shows more people how much you suck. You got to have a good product as well. You can do all these marketing tricks and tactics. You try to sell some bullshit. It it, it won't work in the long run. You're not going to be able to last like decades in business. Like me, if you're selling bullshit, we got to make sure it's a good product. Those are some good business tips. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, thank you for listening to this all the way to the end. And in case you're looking for more free content and more free stuff that'll help you make money, build your muscle and your mindset, join our free Victory Unit Discord channel. It's 100% free. And I have free courses in there that you can download right now, today, 100% free. And we're putting new courses in there all the time. We're in there answering your questions. There's a group of people who are super serious about obtaining elite level success. And if that's you, go ahead and join the Discord. But don't join, you know, if you want to be average or mediocre. That's not the place for you. You won't find anything for you there right if you want to be a regular guy who does regular shit until you die that's cool i'm sure you got redeeming qualities the victory unit discord you won't find a lot of value for you now if you're a guy who's hell bent on success and will not allow anything to stop him from accomplishing his goals you fucking need to join the victory unit discord you need to stop whatever you're doing whatever it is it's not more important than joining the victory unit discord right now i don't care if you're holding a baby you know what I'm saying? If you're at work, put the baby down, walk out of that meeting, join the Victory Unit Discord right now. Right? It's the most important thing you'll do if you're serious about success. And in case you're into video podcasts, you can find and watch this episode on my YouTube channel as well. All right? Holla at y'all. Peace.